Well played. Well played. Hi, my name is Sean Shaler. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek of YouTube and Twitter. And today we're going to talk to you about what Avatar The Last Airbender did better than The Legend of Korra. We did the reverse probably three, four, well, now it'd be like five weeks ago. We're still recording on the same day. I think it was a couple months ago. Was it? Oh, dang. Anyway, good episode. Go back and watch. I'll make sure it's in the the links um, at the bottom. And Chris, for whatever it's worth, this is our New Year episode. Uh, I'm not a big subscriber to New Year. To me, you either get like to celebrate on New Year's or or your birthday. You don't get to celebrate both. Like, do you want the personal New Year or the calendar New Year? You get to well, pick I think one. We both, I think we both don't like the idea of making New Year's goals. Yeah, that is uh, not something I am fond of personally. Like I, like I just did like a somewhat rebranding of of the channel. If mm-hmm. people haven't noticed, I'm sure you have. Uh, I changed the title of the channel to Avatar Last Podcasters slash The Objective Geek because I don't do that many off videos. I don't really have to, I have the passion for it still. I just don't have like the time and the commitment for it. I just thought you know maybe it'd be cooler, maybe get a little bit more recognition if I just kind of rebranded it. And at first I was like, no, I should wait till the New Year to do that. I was like, why? I wait. Just do it. You know, chase the just, stuff up. Yeah, just uh, be the change you want to be today. Um, I always just like New Year. People always like line up like, you know, 33 is my year. And then later, 2023 is my year. It's like, no, you got to pick one. <laughs> you don't get to claim both sides here. You just celebrate one time. I would go with your birthday, right? Because in... in the words of uh, the greatest showman, Hugh Jackman. From now on, wait, wait until tomorrow starts tonight. Don't wait till tomorrow. Start tonight. That Let is beautiful. Promise in me start like an anthem in my heart. From now on. From now on. That is beautiful. Uh Chris, I know unpopular opinions were last week, but I do not like live action movifications of stage productions. <laughs> it always feels unnatural to me. So, like, the first time you told me about Hamilton, and I didn't fully understand that you were... I thought when you told me about Hamilton initially being available, for some reason, I thought they were, like, making a movie out of it. I was like, that's going to ruin all of the charm of Hamilton until it's like, no, they just finally... Broadway just finally <laughs> allowed one to be recorded and produced in that way. That's what I want, Chris. Just record a very... Let me watch the stage play. Uh, movie-fying, it doesn't... I, I don't like that for live-action. It, it weirds me out. So, I don't think I have enough sense of how it looks either way. Like, I never have seen the movie like uh, Dear, Ted, Dear Evan Hansen came out. I didn't watch the movie. I listened to a few of the songs. I never watched the play, so I, I, I don't have a sentiment of what would be better. But doesn't um, it weird you I, out that it's like a live action movie that's trying to be a live like action movie, but where people are breaking day, out into song? They will definitely one day do a Hamilton movie. And I'll probably be upset at the 
like just just go watch Hamilton on stage. It's amazing. People, real people are doing that in real time, well, Chris. It costs, it costs money. I in, would love to do that. that in real so time, weird. people are doing that. But if you're doing it, I don't know. It just weirds me out. It's like it's trying to be a real movie and it's live action, but then it's like not immersive at all to me when people just start singing about their day-to-day activities. Yeah. I don't know why. That's a weird take. You know, though, I don't, I don't, I didn't really like, um, In the Heights. That was a movie. Not familiar with that also one. Also, Lin-Manuel Uh, it was like Lin-Manuel Miranda's first Broadway thing. Mm-hmm. And like one, whatever, Broadway award for like best Broadway production that year. It was pretty big for him. And <laughs> then he just like did Hamilton and just skyrocketed into, okay. Everyone's homes. Well, thanks Broadway for like finally giving me what I wanted, which was to see a stage production without going to Broadway. <laughs> it's important to me. Um. Anyway, uh, that's enough of Sean's rants. Let's only came up because my wife and her her family love The Greatest Showman, and they watch it a lot. And I do not care for it at all. But uh, different topic. For okay, different movie. A really great soundtrack. Oh, really well, that's soundtrack. the idea of a musical, right? Yeah, great sound. Uh, great great songs, absolutely. But the uh, movie itself just, I don't know, doesn't do it for me. But Chris, yeah, today we've got a topic that does do stuff for me. We're just talking about the things that Avatar, The Last Airbender, specifically the original series, did better than Legend of Korra. And while yeah, I don't... because we all know Avatar is way better hundred percent hands down no but for real go watch the episode if you haven't i'll make sure it's the top link in our suggested links below we're just, we're just keeping things a little objective here you know if if people want to use these as uh ammunition for why avatar is better than Korra, go ahead uh, uh avatar anyway. apologetics that's what we're talking about today uh i have five on my list and, and we'll go through them First Are you going, you going from number five to number yes. one? Yeah, number five, number one. Okay, awesome. The first one is, I think Avatar handles relationships better than the Legend of Korra does. Uh, when I mean relationships, I mean like Suko and Iroh. Um, um, oh wait, no, that's not what I mean. I'm sorry. I think it handles... That's not what I mean at all. Because I think Korra does actually do a lot of great stuff, like Tins in the Korra and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, romantic relationships, better. Uh, in Legend of Korra, we see Korra have a best relationship with with uh, Mako, with Asami. I think the Asami stuff uh, is great. Probably could have used more build-up. Um, I, even, I still think it's great. Love where it ended. The Mako stuff... The shaky, especially all the um, love triangle stuff going on, and I think I don't think it wasn't necessarily a focal point in Avatar. I think they just handled it better. I agree completely. Um, I will say that even if I did not agree, I would still just say I also just like it better in Avatar because in Korea you're getting more of the high school relationship vibes. Um, yeah. where it feels just a little more innocent and fun in, in Avatar. So subjectively and objectively, I I think yeah, I, mean, I prefer Avatar. I mean, when you look at the ships in Avatar, 
that I think are, are well done. Uh, like, Saka and Suki, that's really well done. Um, even though Mei and Zuko, I don't think it works out. I think it, it. I think the writing is a little bit better than the Korra and Marco. You know that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's done uh, well. Uh, a couple other things are done well too. Mm-hmm. Great, completely. Good start. <clears throat> uh, so this one is possibly more of a preference, but it has a consistent narrative, and that to me is unarguable. Like it just does. It's one consistent story throughout. Um, and the characters as a whole go on a journey uh, throughout. And I think that is one of the things that, that also makes it better. One of the things it does better in Legend of Korra. This would have... That, that would rate much higher on my list. That's one of my favorite things to point out. Or like the reason that maybe I gravitate more yeah. towards it if you separate nostalgia out. Is like that. that's what makes it so distinct to me is that sort of finite beginning and end that that consistent start to stop narrative that's very tempting to fall out of it's very tempting to say well you know what about it could have been season four blah 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 no man part of what makes uh, avatar great to me is that it does a really good job telling one really good story one really big narrative so yeah that would probably place uh even higher for me or at least it's one that i would pull out personally in an argument yeah, yeah, put that out. Uh, my number three. I like I'm going through these very fast. It'll be a short episode. It's, uh, it's, it's New uh, Year's and we've been up for a while. People will forgive us. Number three. It does a... I have one here, the use of traditional martial arts. Mm-hmm. But really, what I'm more so talking about is like the displayed use of martial arts. It almost felt ingrained into the DNA of Avatar Last Airbender and added a whole new dimension to the action. It made it a little bit cooler to look at, a little bit more interesting and vibrant. While Lishin Korra, it's a lot of it is just punch, punch. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense in the world why it's more like that. I mean, you have MMA, mixed martial arts is more of a thing. You're mixing a couple of things up. Bending, bl- Avatar, uh, blending, bending styles together over time in a smaller world. Yeah, that's fine. When Avatar, every freaking element felt like it was—you could just see it on display, even if they didn't tell you that. Hey, these are all four distinct martial arts styles. Use these four different bending. You can see just the way Aang poses and he's—he's he's doing circular motions. And they tie so well in with air bending, or how. Water baiting is using Tai Chi, more flowing movements. While fire baiting is so like more exact with their movements. Um, and earth baiting is very. There's not a lot of like moving emotion. Earth baiting is very to the Rigid. earth and rooted. Yeah. And a lot of feet stopping. Like it was a part of the cultures of the show. It's like you can tell in a good way or in a way that I think what Chris is arguing for and what I would argue for, that like the core of Avatar The Last Airbender, you know, when they were designing the show and they were thinking really hard about banding and like, well, we're not going to use magic. Uh, but instead they found this really cool way to like 
almost to build an entire show around this concept, around this bending concept, and tying it to these martial arts. Like, it's like the show was developed from the bending and that very well thought ideas outward. Uh, whereas in Korra, they didn't have to do that, and they didn't do that, right? They just in Korra that that foundation was already there, so you maybe don't feel that same level of charm or detail. Uh, whether or not it makes sense, it's it's not quite as fun in that specific regard. And we do. I don't want to make it seem like or it doesn't have any more charm because it absolutely does. Mm-hmm. Like the movements they're doing is still choreographed. Sifu Kisu is still there, helping them out. Um, it's just a little less of it. Like, even yeah. characters like Suyin, Suyin doesn't. She's a lot more agile. And I think some of that comes from it makes sense in the world because she's a dancer. Like she doesn't bend the way that like you would see Boomy bend and stuff like that. Uh, it's like you said, everything is a little bit more. It's more efficient in court, uh, which makes chronological sense. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is more efficient. Like you're, you're yeah, you're absolutely right in that sense. Um, uh, and like there again, that's okay. But uh, as far as just literally aesthetically enjoying and watching, like watching the bending in Avatar, it's like an artistic treat just by itself. It's neat to see that translated yeah. into good animation. Good call. Uh, number two kind of ties in with number four, but I separated it out because it's almost a little bit different. So in my number two is that Avatar is more of like your traditional epic fantasy tale like it it felt it feels like star wars it feels like war of the rings it's like you have this ragtag team of 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 resistance fighters and they had to go up against this overwhelming power that just seems unstoppable and you have this chosen one character like there's a legend to it like it's just, it feels more epic in scale, which is weird to say because Korra, I feel like in book two, gets really, really epic, right, where you go to the freaking genesis of the universe. Um, and even the fights in, like, book three is just as epic as Aang's fight against Fire Lord Ozai. But it's something just so... I mean, it's purely the amount nostalgic. of buildup. It's the difference of getting, you yeah, know, 60 yeah. episodes of buildup versus... Versus a handful, right? Yeah, like, even this picture here of Aang looking over, like, hey, the war is over, and everyone cheering, like, that is... That's the end of Star Wars, Wars right there. Yeah, it's in, yeah right, it's in, it's in a Star Wars. <laughs> and there's no moment like that, uh, or it doesn't feel like there is a moment like that in Korra. Well, it's always like, sad it's at just... the end of Korra, whereas the big epic tales... Yeah, <laughs> the big epic like tales Korra. do tend to have like a happy ending. Yeah, uh, I, the end of Korra, they're always like walking through, you know, <laughs> wanton destruction. <laughs> yeah, like book one ends. Of course, Benny's taken away, even though it comes back. It almost feels like somewhat of an afterthought. Book two, uh, Rival is ripped out of her, and the whole cycle's turned mm-hmm. over. Book three ends in the most up way she's freaking crippled and book four yeah it, it i mean it ends on a more triumphant note but it's they're still like walking like, through just a path of destroyed yeah. everything like it feels like her story's not over that 
And that, that's that's delightfully yeah. serial in Korra, right? Yeah. It it is a it is a narrative that is extremely well designed, and and uh, in a, especially where characters and you talk about all the time where like good character arc and growth is concerned. But maybe that's what you miss, or at least this is one. This is a reason your number two reason is one that appeals a lot to me because I like that's the type of story I like. I like the big epic fantasy with the happy ending, and you get that. You get that that closure, that resolution. Whereas Cora kind of like keeps yeah. you like hooked into the next thing. So this yeah. is one that you probably hear me pull out a lot as a preference. Yeah, it almost feels like there's always going to be. Some issue for Cora to solve. Like she Which had to solve four real. different issues. Yeah, like she had to solve four different separate issues, and like, well, yeah, another one's gonna eventually come up. But I was trying to answer like, all right, this is the end, even though it continues and it it does. Stuff. But um, and this, like you alluded to in the last episode, talking about like the greatest work of fiction. If you kind of wipe away all the other stuff and you're just plucking out like one big narrative. Um, I mean, that's where Avatar, The Last Airbender, has a lot of appeal. Like, pop it down, here's your script, here's a really incredible story, and then that's the end of it. Like, that's a big deal to me, and that's probably, that's got a lot of appeal. Yep. All right, my number one reason why Avatar Last Airbender <laughs> is better than Legend of Korra. Is because Jet uh, dies. Well, Jet, yeah. Jet didn't have the opportunity. Who is your Jet in... Is it, do you have a character that you hate, like Jet in Legend of Korra? No, I'm not going to go a same character-ish. I'll go, like, a parallel would be, like, I make fun of Gazan the same way I make fun of Jet. Okay. Right? Fair. Is that a fair... It's a comp, at least. Which is weird, because, like, Gazan bothers me way less, but just because, uh, you know, he's in a handful of episodes in season three, and that's it, but... Anyway, number one. Is Avatar has a better wealth of characters than the Legend of Korra, who are individually better written characters than I would never have expected you to say this. I'm I am engaged. (laughs) Go on. So let me let me preface this by saying Korra is one of the best written characters in either show. She's probably the I would argue she's the best written character. Okay. And Zuko is the second best. And here's okay. why. Zuko, writing that character arc of bad guy to good guy is, I'm not saying it's easy, it's, it's difficult to write, but we can see that growth because his point from, he goes from the antagonist to a protagonist. Um, he goes from an adversary to a friend. It's very that just seeing that is very easy. This whole motivations <clears throat> change. It's very easy for our audience to identify that this is a character arc. It went from there to there. It is so much harder to write a character whose whose goals and whose uh, kind of sides are essentially the same. Or her goal is bring peace to the world as the avatar. She's already good. Here. She's already yeah, powerful. She's all, Yes, she's already good. She's already all-powerful. And she ends the series being pretty much all-good and all-powerful. But her as a character does a complete 180. That is very hard to write. A character who clearly has a character arc, but whose 
mission and whose goal and pretty much their side is the same. But she's okay. a completely different character than she was when she started off. I applaud that writing more than I think I do Zuko. That's fair. Masterfully done. Now, that being said, Korra is like one of the... <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying she's the only one who has a character arc, but her character arc is like so much better compared to every other character in Legend of Korra. And it, it's not even close. Like, Legend of Korra... I mean, who's yeah? Who's your next option? Is it Jinora? Like, Tenzin? who's your next... Tenzin, yeah, okay. Lin, maybe. Um... Oh, oh, probably Tenzin and that whole dynamic between Tenzin, Bumi, and Kaya. Uh, mostly Tenzin and how he deals with that stuff. Probably Tenzin. Um, maybe Lin. Lin, yeah, Lin. Lin has a good character arc. Um, but again, I go back to that whole like, what is the lie they tell themselves and how they deal with it. Uh, Lin's Tenzin's still kind of there that, at the end. Um. I mean, Tenzin's lie is that, like, he he, he has to be the mirror image of Aang. And he deals with that in book two, right? When he sees himself, uh, he, the reflection he sees is Aang at first as an old man. And a lot of people think that's Aang's spirit talking to him, but it's not. It's, it's what Tenzin projects that he needs to be, which is why his reflection, he sees Aang. And, then, and by the end of that, he sees himself because he realizes me myself is good enough i am tenzin i am good enough i don't have to be my father um great character arc there mm -hmm. and then i think about the other characters like mako and bolin and asami i don't think they change as much as the characters in avatar i they think might, they, they, they might change i don't know things about them change but you don't feel yeah. the change from them as a character like Think, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah, things about them change, but not sort of their roots. Yeah. Uh, in Avatar, I would say pretty much every main character, except for Aang, goes through a pretty big character arc. Um, now, there's a reason for this, and it's because of the writing. Uh, Avatar, what's working for that, and we talked before about the episcale and stuff, is that the backdrop of Avatar is this war, this Hundred Year War, and how the Hundred Year War affects every single character. War is a huge war is a huge story plot point that can affect characters. It affects pretty much every character in Avatar, um, and it builds really great characters. Like Katara has to deal with um, losing her mother and her ideas of the Fire Nation, and can she trust anyone from the Fire Nation? Taka has to deal with becoming a man and dealing with what he thinks a man should be. Should it just be a protector um, of, his, of his family? No, it's actually being smart and being in, in, uh, ingenuitive, things like that. Uh, Toph's really, perspective really isn't about the war. Her character changes from being like, I don't need anyone, to being like, oh, I love having friends. Um, like I, I, I depend on them so much. Of course, Zuko's whole thing, Iroh's whole thing is about the war, things like that. So the war as a plot device to move these characters in a way is what really helps build up these characters. While in Legend of Korra, you don't really have that. Because you don't have another war. That would be trouble writing if they had another war. Like, that's like what Star Wars did with the 
with the sequel trilogy, they just kept bringing the whole war thing back. Um, I never thought of that as a good as like why that's a, such a good backdrop, but it does make sense as like a trope throughout these types of uh, throughout fictional and works in general, I guess, for that reason. Um, I think even it feels better that these bigger, yeah, these fuller arcs are happening to people that feel more like, like they're happening to Team Avatar people. So, you know, I know that Tenzin's extremely important, and I guess you'd call him Team Avatar, mm-hmm. but he doesn't, it doesn't feel like it has the same weight as... Yeah even as Sokka going on his journey or Katara going on her journey. Well, Sokka more than Katara, probably. But, no, that's a great point that I wouldn't have expected you to make. That was the biggest surprise of these five to me. Ooh, nice. Yeah, at the top spot, too. That's good. Something I never considered, at least. Um, I might have interrupted you there. Did you have more thoughts on that spot? No, not really. I don't think I did. Uh, I'm going to toss... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, only that Legend Korra was very much a focus of Korra, and I'm not sure how I'm not I'm not sure how I would improve this because it's it's good that the focus on Korra so much. Like a lot of people are like, man, Aang is probably like people's third favorite character, right? Like there's Iroh, Zuko, a lot of love people love Toph, love Katara. Uh, I don't really know how people who love who love Legend of Korra and love characters more than they love Korra. That's fair. Like if you like the show The Legend of Korra, there's an off chance that you either really like Korra the most or you haven't thought about it a whole lot. <laughs> Which is fine. Also fine. Yeah. Um or you like the villains better. You just you're one of those people, which yeah. is also acceptable. And, and and I believe we brought that up in uh, in our what did Corey do better? Absolutely, yeah, that was pretty high on. Uh, yeah. Chris, what I'm going to throw at you that I know you kind of agree with, but I'm going to try to ex- or sorry, kind of disagree with, but I'm going to try to explain myself is that I still nope, there's there's <laughs> there's something and I don't know what it is, but there's something more vibrant about the color palette in Avatar's oh, yeah, so we, animation. We just... I don't know how to describe it. I think the best <laughs> the best thing I can think of is that more does not always equal better. And so Korra has more detail, more animation, more frames, high def, all that stuff. But there's there's mm-hmm. just something visually and I literally went back and I just picked random like random episodes from I picked um something from season three of Korra and something from season two of Avatar. But there's just something more vibrant visually. And it could just be a matter of color palette, right? The color palette of the scenes or seasons that I that I chose. Uh, but I think what I'm going to stick with is more does not always equal better. And there's something just simple and crisp about the charm of of Avatar: The Last Airbender's animation that appeals, or at least it ties directly to like my original nostalgia from my first watch through. So could still be nostalgia based, but I'll stand by the statement though that more does not always equal better. That the extra detail does not always better animation make or more visually appealing or anything like that. So it wouldn't be high on my list. I don't know if it would break into my five over anything that you just said right there, but it's something I think about a fair bit. Yeah, I'm really curious. I need to do a rewatch of 
I've said that as if I do do like I a do side like by don't, side, don't do, you know, give give just put them both the, on mute. And series, just... Um, huh, yeah, I don't know. I'll I'll look for that. It's probably just a nostalgic preference for a 90s-ish style of cartoon versus a more modern style of cartoon. I know 90s is the wrong thing, but just like the era that I grew up in. It's probably just a nostalgic preference for that type of visual presentation. Could be it. I don't know. Um, Well, hey, uh, Chris, thanks for putting those together. Stellar points. Um, if you all have other things that you believe, and I know there's people out there with plenty of uh, thoughts on the subject, things that you think the Avatar the Last Airbender did better than think Korra. Avatar is better than, better than Korra. If you didn't already state your opinion on the other video, or if you did, go ahead and state it again. We'd love to hear about it. In the meantime, have a happy new year, if that's your shorter thing. You know what? Don't have listen to us. Happy, wait, have a happy... Wait. Have a merry, have a very, <laughs> have a very merry Christmas and a happy new year, happy new year. See song. What you said? Uh, <laughs> don't go chasing waterfalls, Sean. Oh yeah, no. Um, I don't want those scrubs. The only reason I know any of those references is from the other guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know, Weird Al made a parody of one of them once, but I don't remember what it was. Don't go making phony calls. Don't go making phony calls. Have you watched that Weird Al movie yet? No, I haven't. Have you heard about it? Is it on HBO? Playing. No, it's all like Roku app. Oh. You have a Roku somewhere? You can watch it for free. I do have have a Roku. Roku. Interesting. There will be ads, though. An Avatar Roku. I have one in one of my living room TVs. Um. No, I haven't yeah, yet, but I'll, listen, uh, you don't have to like Weird Al's music to respect the fact that that guy made an entire career out of, like, parody comedy music. He, not only did he make, he made a genre. He, I mean, I'm not he a Weird invented Al fan. the genre as we know it. Yeah, I'm not, like, a big, I'm not a Weird Al fan at all, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't have, like, his his musical capabilities, like, his vocalness does not appeal to me, and that's fine. It's a perfect thing. But I respect the crap out of them because I love parody music. Like, The Lonely Island mm-hmm. is amazing. And The Lonely Those Island. Those kids grew be... up listening to Weird Al. There's yes. no way they didn't. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I am a moderate. There's one Weird Album, Weird Weird Album <laughs> that I <laughs> like. Uh, and the rest of them, not so much. The one just kind of hit me in the right time. But, like, yeah, that guy invented an entire genre that, like, is bred for YouTube stuff today. So. Um, yes, yeah. I don't know how the hell we got onto Weird Al other than uh, no I actually literally can't remember but anyway yeah you know what have a happy new year that's where it was it was the TLC thing have a happy new year if you're into that and don't let us ruin your new year's resolutions if you're into that stuff we're just old yeah, curmudgeons if you need that to motivate yourself do, 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 do your thing I, I gained like 10 pounds last year I'm not going to say anything so oh gosh. I watched I watched my taco video yesterday, yesterday for some reason. I was like, man, I was way skinnier then. <laughs> that was probably the most skinny I've been when I was I was working out like five days a week, playing basketball like twice a week, mm-hmm. eating fairly decent. I I was always empathetic because I'm a pretty considerate ish guy. I'm not super aware, but I'm a considerate person. So when you tell me that having kids in your home 
you're like, yeah, I put on a few pounds when we had a kid or whatever because things change. Like, I would have always believed you, but I don't know if I would have understood the extent. Just a month, Chris. I had babies for a month. That's it. Seven pounds in that month. <laughs> Seven pounds. Like I said, it's not that I was arguing with anybody before. It just, like, it's hard to, like, understand the full impact. And that was in a very small sample size. So, um, anyway, yep. Happy New Year. We'll see you next year if you're watching this the day it comes out. And, Chris, you have a good New Year, too. I'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. To help you to see the waveform so you can know where it's at. Oh, I can't see you right now for some reason. Oh, am I not sharing my Discord screen? Guess not. Oh. <laughs>